This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to episode 145 of the Half Measures Podcast. I'm once again joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Paul Kanawa. Paul, it's time for my weekly football update. What's been going on? Well, Dan, kia ora. Um, I don't know where to start other than to say, if anyone can beat Brazil, they deserve to win this World Cup because your pick right from the start, they're looking pretty hot. They the Koreans I mean and the South Koreans are a little bit of a favourite team of mine and they just destroyed them and look they've got to get past Argentina in a in a semi presumably assuming they beat Netherlands and I tell you if 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 Argentina beat Brazil I will I will love it I will love it if they beat them because I cannot see anyone beating Brazil uh other than Argentina at this point. And how are you feeling about the upcoming defeat of England to France? <laughs> Honestly, the, if I had to put in order the teams that I just cannot stand losing to, I would probably go Germany, then Portugal, then Argentina, then France, and then, sorry Bruce, probably then Scotland. Um and there's there's various emotional reasons which we have no time to talk about on this podcast. But the French, I have no tangible reason. I, I have tangible reasons with the Germans and the Argentinians and the Portuguese. For the French, it's just a, I don't know what it is. It's just a little bit of, you know, they're the next door neighbours across the, it's too much. Is it kind of like in, uh, you know, like the the Kiwi-Australian sort of relationship, like the, yeah. the English, English-French relationship? I think it is. I mean, there's all the history of Waterloo and, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that, but um, oh, how do I say this on the podcast? But that, there's a swagger and an arrogance that comes with the French style of play, and they have some exceptional players. And I just can't stand the visual of the French players celebrating and the England players falling to the ground. Do you know, all I can picture right now, Paul, is last week when we were talking about all quiet on the Western Front and the. <laughs> And the, the French military just been like, you know, like coming across real arrogant, trying to like sign the papers. We're not negotiating, and this is what I imagine for the for the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, look, I know. I need to balance that out by saying that England have a real uh, cockiness about them as well, which I'm not occasionally, which I'm not well, I'm not about. But yeah, um, look, it's. I got to also say that I was not a big supporter or advocate for this World Cup. I fundamentally disagree with it being held in Qatar and a number of different things, but I have, um, I've kind of switched off to that because the football has been really exceptional and is then my apology for why I've been watching nothing this week. <laughs> Always excuses, Paul, every week, you know, but I guess, you know, you've got to have these extra hobbies. So speaking of uh, what else have you been watching? What what else has been on the radar? Well, I watched England uh, brush aside Senegal by uh, three goals to nil. And alongside that, I also watched a new TV series which uh, came onto our radar actually via my, um, my sister-in-law. And this was a Netflix series called The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, an iconoclastic idealist 
runs his law practice at the back of his Lincoln tanker in this series based on Michael Connolly's best-selling novels. And so the the real key here for me is Michael Connolly. Um, that's the that was what got me hooked in because I've never been. You know, I watch a lot of British crime dramas, police dramas, courtroom dramas. The Americans never quite get me as much so like i and bosch is an obvious example of one that does as is you know like colombo i think i put those up in my top two but this this lincoln lawyer is is really top quality and the style the feel the the way a story unfolds it has a familiar a familiar rhythm um, that you would recognize, you know, I guess even with the box, even more so it's like, like if you watch it, you can recognize a Quentin Tarantino movie, or you can, you can see an Alfred Hitchcock story. There's something about it that, you know, and you trust because you and I big fans of Mike Connolly's Bosch and, and Bosch legacy. And this is a show that I fully recommend. It was an absolutely brilliant watch. It's, uh, the first season has dropped so far. Um, second season will be coming out potentially according to IMDb, it could be coming out before the end of the year, but this first season actually dropped back in May this year. Ten episodes and uh, a real easy watch. Have you watched the original or the the movie that came out in 2011? No, and that's actually when I searched that, when I heard about it, that was the first thing that came up, and I was like, oh, okay. So it's it's one of those things where I've, just like we were talking about all quite on the Western Front last week, that... If there's, you know, there's an original, there's something older that I'd be quite tempted to go back. And so I did, I did add that to my watch list, funnily enough, that you should mention it. From a, a very quick Google search, it looks like they're not obviously not connected at all between the movie and the, and the TV series. They obviously draw on the same, same characters and, mm. and, um, same sort of universe of stories. But I, I do, I have seen the movie, but it was a very long time ago. Like it came out in 2011. So, probably saw it at least 10 years ago, but I, I do remember uh, enjoying it, enjoying Matthew McConaughey in this movie. Yeah. I uh, had some great banter. Uh, how is this uh, TV show pitched? Like, is it is it sort of comedy is not the word I'm looking for, but is it kind of like, like high banter, high fun, or is it a bit more serious and... It's dead serious. Think Bosch, honestly. I mean, I, I know I keep drawing comparisons, but if if you do choose to watch this, or anyone who's watched Bosch, you will see and feel it instantly in terms of the vibe, the 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 the, the, the way it cuts from a scene. Um, it's similar in its low action. You know, like we talk about, Bosch, it's methodical. Um, just like Bosch is ruthless and clever. This this lawyer. He's got a real, he's great, he, he, he's clever, he's got a real casual manner when he's walking around the courtroom with his hands in his pockets, but he's always two steps ahead, and you know, he's got a great look, he's got a great style, he's got a, this, great, um, this great accent. I mean, he, you know, following Matthew McConaughey in terms of that lead, he's, um, I, I can't come because I haven't seen it, obviously, but he, he is a real draw card for this this series in terms of the the, the things that I would pull out as high quality draw cards for watching this TV series, the quality of the writing, the quality of the production and both um, he and the support, especially the, some of the lead support cast, um, absolutely superb. I would make a special mention, um, uh, Becky, Becky Newton, uh, who was from, from uh, funny enough, from Ugly Betty. And the reason I've mentioned Ugly Betty is because the, the guy that, um, 
he's defending um, Mickey Haller, the guy that he's defending, uh, Trevor, is played by Christopher Gorham, who's also from Ugly Betty. So these two random people from Ugly Betty now uh, show up in, in this show. Neve Campbell as well, another strong performance. So great cast, great story, great production. I was going to say, because there's a picture of Neve Campbell on the first page of IMDb with the show, and Neve Campbell, like it's, she's one of those actresses who has actually done a lot, but I'm like, oh, what's Neve Campbell been up to? And I was just flicking back through her IMDb, and yeah. obviously like it sort of brought back all them. Obviously, she was in Scream, she was in The Craft, she was in Wild Things, she was in Party of Five. Like, she's she's great. Great to see her in a, a current-day TV show, but, but in saying that, She's done a lot, so yeah, I've just been blind to it. No, I mean, I think for me, other than you know that sort of that classic scream role, I think her best two performances for me have probably been House of Cards and this role. I think um, in this role, she's she's really really convincing, and that's tinged by the fact that maybe one of my two criticisms coming to this would be that her story, sort of like the B story, if you like. Um, it's not as good as that. It's not quite as compelling, but they do cleverly link the two together in a in a sort of a inside man way that I talked about last week. Um, but yeah, she'll be back for season two for sure. So her and Becky Newton, who I mentioned, who plays Lorna, they both play uh, his his ex for wives, ex first wife, and ex second wife. When his phone rings, it comes up with either first wife or second wife, and. Um, uh, there's a really good dynamic between them. Um, yeah, there's there's just a lot about this that I would really um, say this has pushed its way in to my consideration for top 10. That's how much I enjoyed it because I came into wow. it. This is one that, you know, it wasn't one I brought to the table. And so whenever something else gets presented, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then when I enjoy it, I sometimes enjoy it even more than what I might have brought to the table because maybe I, maybe I wasn't so sure because – Lawyer shows, the US lawyer shows haven't always convinced me, but this would be my top US lawyer show. You have A, piqued my interest and blown my mind that this is a, a top 10 contender. Like, that's, yeah. uh, God, it's going to be tough this year. Yeah, it's in the mix. And I, I'll, you know, we've still got a couple of weeks to think about, you know, whether it's, it's recency or, or, or what have you. But it, it was just a really strong, like, every night, you know, kids to bed, do all the jobs, and it's like, ah. Oh. Lincoln Lawyer, let's yeah, it's really, and then once it's gone, just like we've said a thousand times on this podcast, you know, it's that, you know, it's like, oh, we haven't got Lincoln Lawyer tonight. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the feeling as opposed to for the last time when you sort of finish a show like The Walking Dead, you're like, okay, that's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So uh, 10 seasons on Netflix, season two in the works. This is uh, looking positive. Yeah, 10 episodes. I thought when you said 10 seasons planned, I was like, wow, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good, Paul. That's that's good. So, uh, anything else from you, or is that your just that's your this just week? that and the football and our movie of the week, Dan? What about you? What have you been all watching? All right, all right, all right, all right. So, um, for me this week, I'm also bringing a, a TV show to the mix, and this is the Netflix TV show Wednesday. So, this uh, follows Wednesday Adams and her years as a student where she attempts to master her emerging psychic ability throughout and solve mystery and that embroiled her parents. So this is a, you know, just came out 23rd of November on Netflix and I've had a really interesting journey with this show. So first of all, so eight episodes, relatively like, you know, decent sort of time, like we're sort of looking up in the sort of 
I think sort of 40, 50 minute sort of episode range. And if I had to describe what this, what the show, what, what is the vibe of this show? I would almost say it's a little bit Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit Harry Potter. Mm. It is obviously a bit of sort of the different eras of the Adams family. And it's a little bit Scooby-Doo. And all of these things are kind of mixed into a bit of a cocktail. And I had a pretty good time watching it. And someone said to me the other day, would you recommend it? And I was like, would I? But the more that the show sits with me, Paul, the more I think I actually really loved it. And I think there's a few reasons why I love this one. So I think that the casting is is absolutely fantastic. So Wednesday Adam is Jenna Ortega, who we've previously seen in the TV show You, mm. um, which she also had a, a fantastic role. We've got Gwendolyn Christie, who plays the, the principal at the school. Um, we've got uh, Hunter Dobson, who plays one of Wednesday's friends. The, the whole wider sort of Adam family cast. We've got Christina Ricci in here, who was obviously Wednesday Adam in, in the Adam family movies. It's it's a really stunning cast. It's got a great soundtrack. It has a lot of fun. It's it, it is a little bit of a I think a mood and mystery type TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think what was kind of interesting coming into this is like I had a lot of like I think I've always been an Adam Family fan. Like I remember watching the the black and white reruns as a as a young Padawan. I've always went to go and see the the sort of reincarnation sort of movies of the Adams Family. Mm. I've talked on the podcast before about how I've really enjoyed the the animated TV shows. And I think I was kind of intrigued with this because I think with the darkness of the Adams Family and, the, and, and what they're kind of about is how do you bring that into sort of real life in a modern day way? And I think they've really cracked something magic here and – I'm not going to go into spoilers because it's it's too fresh of a show, but the way they do that uh, in this universe is basically Wednesday goes to a school for um, imagine like Xavier's school of the of the gifted. Yep. Like it's it's a whole bunch of basically students who have you know they could be a vampire or a werewolf or a siren or whatever they may be. So kind of the the darkness and the, and the gothic vibes that Wednesday and her family kind of bring to this world, uh, that they make sense in the context of the school. And everyone kind of looks at kids that go to the school as being, you know, a little bit different, a little bit weird. And so it really gets to kind of lean into these great kind of like dark moments. You know, Tim Burton's been heavily involved and he's directed a couple of episodes. You can see his art influence come all throughout the show. And look, as, a, as an eight-episode TV show, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I was banking on you bringing this to the podcast. As soon as I saw this advertised and it's been talked about, a few people in our Discord have mentioned it, other other people, I, I was like, I'm really sure Dan's going to bring this in. And so I've kind of been waiting for it because I'm tempted to dive in because I've always enjoyed the Adam Sony, the original TV series. And I remember, you know, the, the 91 movie was just like, the perfect storm in terms of casting with, you know, Angelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd, Raul Julia, the rest of them. It was, it was just superb. And so I was fascinated to hear what you had to say, because one of the things you've brought to the table, which I didn't perhaps expect was the murder mystery side. And I quite like the idea of that being thrown in because this, this series I see, you know, you still have, you know, it's got Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia and Louise Guzman as Gomez. And, and so it's still got, 
you know, the Adams family, but it's it's obviously focusing in on Wednesday's story. And so I wondered if that would still have the same appeal. I know, as you say, Jenna Ortega, we, you know, we, we both enjoyed her in you. I thought she was great in the comedy yesterday that I watched. So I know that she's uh, a really good actress. So I, I just really needed to hear you say, I would recommend it. Cause as you know, Dan, when you say that, that's enough validation for me to go and watch a series. Oh, look, I know you always spring straight to action with shows like this. Correct. So no, I think this, this is good. And I, I actually think it's probably uh, like, what, what's the rating on this TV show? Like, is it, like it, it feels like a gr- it right. It feels like a kind of a great way to bring in a a new era of the Adams the Adams family to to the to to a different generation of people, and I honestly I, I can't give them credit enough for the way that they've I think made like I think given Wednesday a bit of a platform and actually not focused too heavily on sort of the core part of her family. And I think having her at this kind of like boarding school gives them opportunities to bring in her family. Um, there's there's all the key characters there that you would imagine. Obviously Lurch, we've got Thing, there's various kind of additional Adams family family members that, you know, appear throughout the season. And uh Sador said this in our Discord channel really hoping for season two and and I couldn't agree more and there's there's I think there's a you it's sort of floating around the internet at the moment but there's a a fantastic kind of like um dance scene that happens in this movie with a, a Lady Gaga song I, I've had that song playing on my Spotify all day today it's it's so much fun it's I think this is just a fun show and I think this is another one that I think has maybe snicked it snicked into the the top 10 contender list and I I don't know where it's going to go but I think it's, and I, I think it, it it wasn't in that top 10 contender when I finished watching it, but mm. I think on reflection, I've really kind of like, almost kind of like saved it and enjoyed it a bit more. So I, I think I'm going to have to consider it. It's I think it's that good. Well, I, that's really got my attention now because yeah, there's a lot of positivity in it. It's the number one popularity on IMDb. Um, the Tim Burton factor is massive as well because you know, we, we talk about his his work and whenever I think about his work, if I'm honest, for me, it, a lot of it is in the rear view, you know, a lot of older stuff, a lot of 90s stuff. I'm, I'm looking through some of the more recent stuff that he's done and it hasn't, I'm probably more excited about Beetlejuice 2 than any of the last sort of three, four things he's actually done. But, you know, just the look and feel of Tim Burton is always good. And so combine that with Adam's only, it does seem like a perfect mix. Um, I think this could be one of the ones I consider, Dan, for a watch with the parents. What do you think? I think if they if there's an appreciation for the Adams family, they might enjoy the retelling. Mm. Um, I, like I do think the the kids would probably enjoy this as well. Like this isn't mm. like it's not super dark. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like there's the darkness that the Adams family bring, and there's obviously Wednesday's very kind of like doom and gloom, and you know there's lots of sort of talk about the you know, murder and, you know, how, how you sort of en- en- enjoy um, some of those things. But it's it's always kind of done in good taste. And I think what, what really makes this special, to be honest, is it's a combination of Tim Burton and I think it's Jenna Ortega because mm. she – did this thing apparently when she was when she was sort of first playing some of her scenes this Wednesday where she didn't blink for the entire scene. And Tim Burton was like, I love it. 
I want that for the rest of it. And and so I think I maybe saw her blink maybe once in the entire season. Like it's incredible. She's just got this incredible like dead look. And she's kind of like a little bit sweet at the same time. Like she she's kind of got this softer caring side, but it's really off brand for her as a as a hard hardcore kind of like goth vibe. So it's it's a lot of fun. Awesome. And it is an awesome Wednesday look as well, as you say. So um this has got my attention then. It's uh added to the list and I'm so I am really pleased that you come through with a positive rating because it I know I make jokes about it, but often if I'm on the fence, it can make a difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to watch all uh eight seasons eight seasons, eight episodes of uh you You've, uh, you've put it in my mind, Paul. All eight episodes of season one of Wednesday, you can check that out on Netflix right now. But that is all I've watched. Shall we jump into our movie of the week? Indeed. Uh, so, as always, every podcast, Dan and I take it in turns to choose a movie to watch and review. We announce what that movie will be on our Discord channel. Um, so if you want to watch along with us, Click on the uh, the link in the show notes and join our Discord community and find out what we'll be watching a week in advance so that you can then have a spoiler-free time. The interesting thing with this week's Movie of the Week, Dan, is for any listeners that have been with us for at least the last sort of nine months or have paid attention, is that we've talked about this movie before. And so for the first time ever in 145 podcasts, or at least until we get to The Rise of Skywalker, uh, this is the second visiting of a movie we've seen before. This is the 2022 The Batman. Yeah, so this has just hotly arrived on a streaming service here in New Zealand. So it's arrived on Neon. And I think when you suggested this one, Paul, it just felt like a a, a, a fantastic movie to have a rewatch of and B, to sort of talk about it together. What a, what a great time. Oh, absolutely. And... It's so comforting going into a three-hour movie when you know, well, it's two hours, 56, but you know, when you know you've already enjoyed it once and there was things that you were keen to see again and experience at home rather than when we last watched it in the in the cinema. Um, so once again, you know, as I say, nearly three hours, this movie, the first thing that strikes me with this movie is that at no point did it feel that long or did it drag or did it feel like it had any filler at all? Because I'm always critical, as I think you are sometimes, Dan, of movies that are a bit too long. And we're like, maybe cut out the last 20. Maybe you could slice. But I don't know what I'd want to cut out of this movie. And that is always the hallmark of a truly great movie when you've got a long movie and you really enjoy it. It's funny, yeah, like there's almost components of this movie where I want more. Mm. Like I almost want the director's cut where – give me like another 30 or 40 minutes and I, I imagine there's some there's some probably some good stuff on the cutting room floor yeah oh i, I bet there is and i think we'll, we'll we might discover some of those as we as we will sort of walk through it but one of the things that um struck me straight away is i'd almost forgotten how much of a look and a feel and a its own sort of bat genre in terms of the movies to date it has of its own it is you know people say oh another batman it's truly got its own unique look and feel from a movie setting perspective in terms of this this detective batman this dark this is the batman this is less about bruce wayne than any other story that has hit the big screen and i just think it really really works so well with with robert pattinson in this role 
I really enjoyed the Batman even more, I think, the second time around. I enjoyed and, – and I think I actually enjoyed when Robert Pattinson was in Batman mode because – I think in 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 almost what the story's doing, you you can he doesn't like being Bruce Wayne like that's not the persona he actually enjoys living. He enjoys being being the Batman, and I almost found almost the scenes with Bruce Wayne like you're just like a little bit greasy and a little bit kind of uh, like annoying. But when you're Batman, you're just you're everything that the city needs. And I think this time the and I know I enjoyed it the first time in terms of the. The, the score and the sort of the soundtrack to this movie but I found it this time it even just kind of it kind of just hit even more and I felt like it just worked and it kind of brought this sort of grungy mood to the film at all times oh it, it really does I mean I am a big listener to like the, the, the Spotify wrapped that came out you know in the last week or so where it shows you your last five songs I know we've talked about it offline Dan um all five uh, I think not Maybe not one of them, but basically, but all movie soundtracks for me. I, I I do listen to a lot of, and this 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 Batman theme, the Batman theme, is it really grows on you. It's got its own unique signature. It's it's yeah, like I say, it's very much different. It's a, it may not be my favorite Batman movie of all time, that's for sure. But it's exactly the sort of Batman movie that I want right now. It's the right style. It's the right look and feel. It r- reminds me heavily of. The, the 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 Batman and the Arkham games, you know, the, the PlayStation mm-hmm. games, the elements of this movie that are like that game coming to life. My son is obsessively playing those those Arkham games over and over, and it just screams out to me. It's very much like that, and um, yeah, and I mean, there's a whole raft of other cast performances for us to dive into as well. But the the overall story in itself as well, because you know Matt Reeves coming in as writer director. He he knocks it out the park with writing ten, directing ten. I think like the, the cast is so good, isn't it? Like there's there's no wobbly wheel on the shopping cart at all between Robert Patterson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, like it's Andy Serkis. It's hmm. there is such such a stellar cast, and I think all of them just understood the assignment with this movie, and uh, I don't know what it is. It just it all seemed to work, and I even found watching this a second time, really getting a, a better opportunity to appreciate the Riddler and Pagano's yes. kind of betrayal of the Riddler. Uh, for some reason, and maybe it's just not been in a theatre or it's just been in sort of the comfort of your own home, like almost a little bit like we talk about with the Star Wars movie, like once the hype's gone, you can actually kind of just appreciate the movie for what it is. Like yeah. Paul, Paul Dano, absolutely incredible. Like what, what a – an award-winning performance. Exceptional. And uh, and with respect to anyone who's played the Riddler in the past, some, some great actors have done that. Um, this version of the Riddler um, that he he brings to the screen is just exceptional. It's a, it's almost a Riddler movie. He's the villain. He, uh, we've, we've got, you know, as you say, Colin Farrell as, as, as an exceptional, as, as a penguin cameo in some respects. Uh, Zoe Kravitz mm. as Selena is, is absolutely brilliant as well. But it's, it is a, it is a Riddler story in terms of that threat. He's terrifying. He does a great job with his voice. And, you know, in terms of sequels, he's, you know, he's still knocking about. It would be, be great to see him bust out of Arkham with the help of who knows, who knows who. But um, I'd love to see him back again. Well, I think I just it leaves so much room for possibility, right? And I would just really love to see, 
you know, obviously Matt Reeves has put his own spin on the Riddler. I would love to see his spin on some of other sort of classic characters from the Batman universe, the the Mr. Freeze, the Two-Face, the, you know, and it's, I, I think it's great when we get to stay away from the Joker. And this is really, like, I love the Joker, but I feel like, We've got we've got such a fantastic Joker movie. Um, I actually feel like it actually fits perfectly into this unit. Like obviously the timelines are yeah. a little bit out of sync and it, it doesn't quite work, but I feel like they're both like grimy and gritty, and Gotham is not a safe or good place to live. Oh, exactly right. The the two universes would fit together so well they could seamlessly come together in terms of a look and feel and threat and ambience they're absolutely um absolutely brilliant and and then you combine that with the 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 gotham police department with jeffrey wright as as gordon is you know again superb casting i i would i would say this is probably his his best ever performance for me jeffrey wright i think he he really steps up and owns that role. We've talked about this before, probably when we reviewed this movie before, but about the, the you know the key roles of of Gordon and the the pressure of matching up to you know like your your Gary Oldman's and your other performances. And similarly, the other one for me, the Alfred is another one that is, is crucial. And Andy Serkis, who you and I absolutely loved in Andor gives a you know this is a, a second what a year for him 2022 on screen in terms of front and center as opposed to motion capture he plays this role brilliantly he's probably my favorite Alfred for the record uh, is probably actually Sean Pertwee from the Gotham TV series and he plays it in a very similar Pertwee sort of style and he's a great choice for Alfred I think what's really great about Alfred here is because we've got a younger Bruce Wayne, I just love that he's kind of like mentoring him and coaching him and trying to sort of like, you know, continue the family legacy despite sort of obviously the things that Bruce is finding out about his family. Um, it's it's interesting too, I think, some of the scenes which I really loved the first time around, like I think, you know, some of those first kind of scenes where Batman kind of confronts those people uh, off the subway fantastic fight scene yeah i think the car chase scene fantastic still just as good at home yes because sometimes those moments are are great in the theater because you know you've got the sound rubbling you've got the full surround sound but they still work even you know watching this on a, on a streaming service oh uh, yeah that's a really funny you mention it because I, I remember that scene in the cinema and i was waiting for it to see if the same bar at home could impress me and it did it they really get it right with that car because and i know that you and i talked about this last time so let's not revisit it too much but the car we weren't sure about the look and feel of it at first glance but in the movie when you see it and you hear it it really it really does work and it's um it, it plays its part quite well uh, it really just makes me excited for for batman a batman sequel and i kind of hope we don't jump too far into the future like no. i hope we kind of go into a bit of a, a year two situation where yep. it's a bit refined but it's still pretty rough yeah. Oh, fully. And definitely let's not jump too far in the future because, you know, we, we still want Zoe Kravitz as Selena because the way they've written her character is, is great and leaning into that, you know, the, the cat, the cat thing, you know, but not too much was brilliant. The same way with the penguin, you know, Colin Farrell, just extraordinary performance from him as, as Oz as the penguin. And um, I think having those two together with, um, Paul Dano as Riddler would be 
yeah, having all of those people return absolutely essential for the the fabric. I think everyone would be disappointed if any of those people I've mentioned didn't show up. It's going to be really interesting with the new Penguin TV show um, coming out and seeing how many sort of potential cameos we get from the likes of Jeffrey Wright, Robert Patterson, Zoe Kravitz. Like, I imagine they'd probably all be up for it because this is this is such a great universe they're building. It is. And so that comes out next year, the Oswald Copperpot. Um, but it is a transformation story. Um, and so I, I haven't done too much research into that, but I, my my feeling is, it, is, is it a bit of a prequel to the Batman? Mm, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I've kept pretty spoiler light. Yeah. Okay. Well, but yeah, I think I think you're right that there would be a lot of people who would be definitely up for the uh, opportunity just to start to take up this this role again. Uh, talking of performances, another one uh, that impressed me, John Turturro um, as, as Falcone, um, you know, mm. a real um, terrifying sort of, um, just like in the 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 character of Falcone in Gotham, or if you see him in the in the games or the comics, he he's real serious, he's really intimidating. And um again, twice this year, John Tatoro has really looked out the path for me first time with Severance. Great performance as Falcone. It's funny too, I think the other thing that really sort of rung true in this rewatch is the bits that were funny in the movie still remain funny here, like the the twins who are the bouncers at the nightclub. <laughs> like the, like the fact you can still get a laugh out of that and the fact we've seen this movie still in this calendar year, it, like it, I think it just shows how much fun this movie is. Yes, I recall the title of our podcast um, when we reviewed the Batman last time and that line that the, the Penguin delivers to, to Gordon and the Batman is is as funny the second time around as it, as it was the first time around. And anyone who hasn't seen the movie, I don't want to spoil it by saying it now, but uh, you'll really appreciate it. My other favourite moment, I think, in this whole movie is, I think, the police station scene where um, Gordon and Batman are basically having that sort of conversation and he has to kind of escape the police station. And I think just that that whole kind of like getting to the top of the building, hitting the kind of the ripcord on the, on the bat suit and then kind of like smashing down into Gotham City still felt as painful as it did the first time I, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean... I think you're right. I think that scene and the, well, the, the, the Batmobile landing out of the flames That's true. as the, as the penguins laughing like manically thinking that he's managed to somehow outrun the Batman. And then we, we all know that the, the Batmobile is still coming and it is a really, a really, really powerful moment. I also find the, I don't know what the, I don't want to sound too poetic here, but the, 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 the synergy, the, the, the mirror image of of Selina and and the Batman on their motorcycles together, um, you know, with the capes and the wind. I, I find that scene always quite powerful. And then, of course, that they go their own ways. It's a it's a unique way for those two characters to part. Part, I think. Yeah. Look, it's. I think, and I think I when I think back to our original review. The things that worked for me last time still work for me this time. This is a definitely a top ten movie of twenty twenty two. Just yeah. just so good. I, I and and you're right. Like the the three hour window is a lot to be kind of staring down, but that three hours just seems to go so fast with a movie like this. It does. And the funny thing is, is that I could, and it won't happen. But if if someone was to say to me, "Do you want to watch a Batman again?" 
I would sit down and watch it again. You know, I mm. I feel like there's so much that you can get out of a rewatch. Um, and so anyone who's watched it once, um, that second watch, you do just get to focus in a little bit more on the background characters or just just the, some of the nuances of things that you know are yet to come that you pick up on really, really good. I, I think alongside, you know, as we look back on the year, alongside uh, the Top Gun 2 Maverick, I would say that's the only other movie this year that has really given me as much wow factor as, as, as this movie. It's the best I've seen in a long time. It's a perfect look. It's a perfect feel. It's, uh, I love that detector, detectorist, the <laughs> detective element of Batman coming to the fore and him being able to, and I know he, he's always had that throughout the various incarnations, but really bringing it to the front of the, focus of his character and really pushing the Bruce Wayne character, which is when I think about Sir Michael Keaton and the other great Batman actors, I often think about them in the Bruce Wayne, but with this one, this is, this is the Batman and Robert Pattinson is the Batman more in terms of time than any other Batman movie. Any other actor has played the Batman. They've always had a way more split towards Bruce. Mm-mm. that's a good call i think the other thing too is just thinking about some of the scenes where you know where you kind of get that hybrid um bruce wayne slash batman vibe like when um bruce i guess is is solving solving the riddles and he's kind of got them all on the floor and he's kind of like he's got his shirt off and he's actually quite scrawny like for a, for a batman but when he puts the suit on he just goes into beast mode like and he like he'll take on a group of like 10 people all of a sudden he kind of like his arms are a bit wider like his chest is a bit more puffed out and obviously like you know he's batman he's been working out he's you know he's he's putting in the time but i think when you see him as bruce it kind of i think it does kind of just remind you of like he is just a he's just a man yeah but it, when when he puts on the mask or the the cow it's game on that's right and the, yeah that's a really good observation because there's a couple of moments where it's really apparent that he's you know this is this is new to his craft um like the moment when he's uh, having to escape and he gets to the top of the building and you know this was uh Christian Bale's Batman or any of the, you know, they, they're just straight into action and flying off. But, you know, we see Pattinson's Batman take a, a step back and, a, and an audible sort of reaction to the height of which he's up and just kind of like, I don't know if I can do this, but then ultimately throws himself into it because he's Batman. But I love the uncertainty. It's, um, it, it, it's really good. It's, um, there's, there's something on the tip of my tongue that reminds me of where we see, I think it's a Jedi and I can't think who it is, who we see learning their craft and not quite mastering it yet. Um, that's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Well, Paul, it still gets all the guns from me. Oh, yeah. All, all the guns. I, I think it is my movie of the year. Um, it's it's an exceptional Batman and, as you say, cannot wait for a second and to see who we get alongside this already established cast of characters because the guy, the, the, the team we've got, Colin Farrell, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, Andy Serkis, uh, John, well, no, John's gone. That's a shame. But yeah, the rest of them, fantastic. The Batman, check it out on Neon here in New Zealand. Dare I ask, Dan, your pick of the week when we've got, for you, a top 10 contender and the Batman. 
I think I've got to give it to Wednesday purely as a as a bit of new content. Um, and for all the reasons I said, I think on reflection, a lot of fun. Uh, Samara's been away for the last couple of weeks. If she hasn't watched this while she's been away, I'd, I'd probably be up for a rewatch. Yeah. I, um, oh, look, it's a tough call for me because, you know, I, I really enjoyed both. I really, I really enjoyed watching the Batman with Diana for her first watch because, of course, the last time I watched it, I went to the, the cinema with my son and, she was the one that sort of missed out. And so this was her opportunity to really enjoy it. And um, watching her enjoy it for the first time and see it unfold was, was special. But I think that said, the fun we've had watching The Lincoln Lawyer all week and the the uh, the intensity of that show and the, the quality of that show really surprising both of us. Um, I'm going to take a bit of a trick from you, Dan, and say, yeah, the new content's going to win it this week. It's been good. The Lincoln Lawyer gets my pick of the week. And I mean, I don't know whether we did pick of the week when we reviewed Batman originally, but um, it probably would have got the pick of the week anyway. Oh, surely, the day. surely, surely. Indeed. Well, Paul, shall I whip us on over to the news desk? Let's go. All right. So a couple of things uh, come past my desk today. So first, the uh, unfortunate passing of actress uh, Kirsty Alley, who, you know, we... I guess a lot of people grew up with on the the Cheers TV show. She's been in Star Trek. She's been in numerous other other TV shows. Passed away after a short battle with cancer at age seventy one. Yeah, really, really sad. And those two roles, Star Trek and Cheers, were just for me both iconic for for, for her and both so young, seventy one, so sad. Indeed, indeed. Uh, what else have I got here? So the Flash movie, which seems to be all things pointing to positive at this stage, uh, has been moved forward again. So now instead of uh, June 23rd release date, it's coming out on the 16th of June, so a week earlier than previously announced. We've had quite a few trailers drop over the last week. So we've got a full trailer for The Last of Us TV series. Um if you're, I'm sure a lot of people are excited for this. I'm very excited to see that Neon here in New Zealand is going to be mm-hmm. uh, playing The Last of Us. So fantastic news. We've got a new trailer for Transformers, Rise of the Beast. I don't know if you've seen this one, Paul. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm a little bit checked out of the Transformers movies. But I must admit, this movie did kind of intrigue me, which which was surprising because... I feel like, you know, the Beast Wars have never really been my genre of Transformers. But it did look like it's there were some great shots of Optimus Prime. Mm. There looked like some great um, CGI of some transformations going on. Colour me intrigued. How about yourself? I'm almost word for word the same. The same with the, the G1 cartoons when we went off into Beast Wars. It never quite resonated with me the same. But you show me Optimus Prime and not tell me that Peter Cullen's voicing him. And I, I will be there. They'll take my money every time, no matter. I, I will never learn my lesson from previous Michael Bay movies. But this time, of course, we've got a different director. Michael Bay is only producing. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we've got another trailer for Indiana Jones. Now, Paul, am I allowed to say the title of this movie? Or is this sort of one of those spoilers for Indiana Jones fans? I feel like we can now talk about it. I like there just to be like that period of a few days to let people discover it for themselves, press play on the trailer and see the the title pop up themselves 
So Indiana Jones 5 is now going to be referred to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So another trailer that you can check out. Apparently some very interesting uh, effects going on in there. Definitely. We also have a release date for The Mandalorian Season 3. So that will be returning to Disney Plus on the 1st of March. It's going to be, I, I feel like I've said it before, Pedro Pascal. It's, it, like he, he's he's going to rule our screens with The Last of Us. That's going to finish. Then we're going to hit The Mandalorian. Like two two shows that could be a, a top contender already for 2023's uh, top TV shows, top 10. This is the way. And for me, what I love about The Mandalorian returning is that since The Mandalorian yeah, and if, let's take ourselves back to the finale of Mandalorian season two and just the epicness of that. Since then, we've had the book of Boba Fett and we've had Andor. And so we've had different views within the same context, I suppose. But, you know, you know what I mean, of a Star Wars TV series. And so Phil the Bar is raised now, like Mando's got to come back in and, and worse. I'm sure he's going to. This is, as they say, this is the way. I think... Um... You know, I've done this with the last, you know, when season two came out, I rewatched season one. I'm definitely going to come into this with a, a fresh rewatch. And I'm also going to um, have to include the book of Boba Fett just because there is so much Mandalorian content. I so, love the commitment. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to build it into my early 2023 schedule. Praise be. Uh, then a final bit of news. So it looks like uh, Ang Lee's son is going to play Bruce Lee in a new biotopic. So, I'm I'm definitely here for a Bruce Lee biotopic movie. I feel like you know a lot of Bruce Lee. I think um, movie media has re- has more recently been about I think the Quentin Tarantino sort of view on mm. on Bruce Lee, and I think it's I, I've got such a fondness for that guy. I grew up absolutely loving Into the Dragon. Uh, definitely a, a top five martial arts movie. I would love to see a biotopic. Obviously, Ang Lee has done some amazing movies, Life of Pi, Brokeback Mountain. Mm. Um, I'm expecting good things. Oh, I, it's look. I'll be, admit it's never really truly been my genre. I think, but the the Bruce Lee movies, you know, Enter the Dragon is one I've watched several times, even as a non, you know, sort of that that martial arts genre thing for me. But you're right, Ang Lee, um, with you know some of the the things he's he's brought to the screen over the years i think could be a really really exciting combo mm, indeed that is me paul any news on your end uh well you've covered off a couple of the points i was gonna raise i think the only other thing that caught my eye this week and this is only because i'm a huge fan of the movie kingpin underrated comedy woody harrelson's got a new comedy coming out called champion and it's um he's reunited um back say say no more i'm already in I, i'm committed i'll be there day one yeah. do tell me more but like <laughs> you know like i, I, think I i've already signed up it's the instagram post that it's, it's the commentary that woody himself puts on there saying uh if if you just need a really good laugh if you're if and there's something about the flavor of it and the flavor of the trailer that speaks a bit of kingpin language to me i i think it could be good and I don't know. It's been a while since I saw a really out-and-out good comedy, and so I'm quite excited about the idea of seeing Champions. It's good. I'm looking forward to it. That's that's all I've got to add in there, Dan. Uh, Mailbag-wise, um, after all the excitement of 
all the content we had last week and all of the chefs, you know, all the chefs from the kitchen that we had in the mailbag last week. This week is is very quiet in fact. However, I will quickly mention talking about you know our own personal Spotify wrapped. We did have the results for our podcast Spotify wrap, which was which was pretty cool, Dan. A couple of highlights for me. We are a top 10 podcast for 70 listeners. We're a top five podcast for 60 listeners. And we're a number one podcast for 25 listeners. I thought that was pretty impressive. We have created over 3,000 minutes of new content this year, which is 94% more than other creators in the TV and film category. We're putting in the hours here, Dan. Where the hell's my paycheck? Look, the amount of hours we put in too, like it's incredible, right? Like we, just so you guys know, we are not dropping the ball. We're not shutting down the half measures office over the Christmas holiday period. We'll, we'll be we'll be running through. Correct. The, the weekly release schedule will not be, um, it's, a, it's, it's a blood oath. And we had uh, 41% more followers uh, in the last 12 months on Spotify. And we're in the top 25% most followed podcast. That's I mean, that, that really blew my mind, actually, just reading that. And if it wasn't for the fact it was from Spotify themselves, I think the data may have been off because that was really impressive. So I was I was quite chuffed with our little wrapped Spotify results. I think the I'm more excited about the half measures wrapped results than I ever ran about my own personal results because that always feels like a combination of both embarrassing and kind of like shameful, all sort of mixed into a bit of a package. But you know what? I'd, I'd like to ask for a... An, you know, a little something special from our fans this holiday season, Paul. I I would love for a, a Spotify and iTunes review or or a rating. You yes. know, it would be. I thought it would be really great to get our, our numbers up, get the half measures word out to the to the wider community. Correct. You can do that as you're listening to us as we transition now into you know into the the remainder of the podcast and our peak performance. You can do that right now. You can exit your app. You can just quickly go in, especially on apple Podcasts, on spotify uh on podcast uh, addict there's a number of apps where you can quickly go in and just drop a rating and if you so choose to put some comments in there of a positive nature that would be wonderful would it not then it w- look it would really bring a bit of joy to my to my heart well give it all the guns guys all the guns <laughs> If you too want to make dan have his i just cheers myself in my glass yeah um what else have I got then? Oh, so before I go on that, uh, the peak performance last week, uh, of course, was uh, suggested to us by our regular listener, Jacinta. We had Stanley Tucci last week and we had a few come in. Uh, some familiar choices in here. Sarah from Polyrua went with The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, Diana here in Capiti went with The Hunger Games. Great choice. Michael, North Carolina, went with 2003's The Core movie I think I saw in the cinema and haven't seen since, but it's a great old disaster movie. It's one of those ones that doesn't get the same publicity of like Armageddon or I don't know. I don't know. It just It's better than you think. Go see it, the core. Uh, and finally, uh, Paddy from Time Traveling Tink podcast uh, gave us his 3-2-1 of Hunger Games, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, and peak performance also goes to the Devil Wears Prada. Do tune into this week's episode of Time Traveling Tink Podcast, which is their final rambling of 2022, where they talk about all things Who, classic Who, new Who, and we'll also be answering uh, questions from listeners and social media alike. Do they talk about Guess Who? That would be great. <laughs> Do they talk about Guess Who? <laughs> 
I, I'm going to say I doubt it, but the, honestly, as a regular listener of that podcast, anything can go with Paddy and Trisha. It is always there, an entertaining, entertaining. There must be a version of Guess Who with like doctors and companions. Like, surely. Is this, this is like an absolute brainwave of a game idea. Um, I do feel like it might have limited capacity. Like, you might have to bring in all the companions, all of the villains. You know, you've got to fill up that Guess Who, um, you know, does your doctor, does your character have a scarf? Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you wear a bow tie? Yes. Are you a Cyberman? All right. Is that all, um, that is, is that all from the newsbag this week, Paul? The newsbag. Right. Yeah, that's we, all from the newsbag, yeah. The newsbag. Yeah, that's the, the dirty old newsbag. Shall we uh, jump into the peak performance for this week? Yeah, indeed. So much like our... Movie of the week, every week, Dan and I take it in turns to choose someone from the TV movie world and look back on their career so far and say, what's the best thing they've done? And this week, Dan, you have gone with Tilda Swinton. I have indeed. Um, I'm not sure how I came to the conclusion of Tilda Swinton, but here we are. And what an amazing, amazing back catalogue of films and TV shows. Um, and I actually found it quite hard to choose my my top two, but for my honourable mention this week, Paul, I'm gonna go for the the 2005 movie Constantine. So mm. this is the movie that stars Keanu Reeves, Tilda Swanton plays Gabriel. A uh, fantastic um, movie, which has still got a lot of love today, despite sort of getting mixed reviews. And I know it's a movie that Keanu Reeves would sort of love to pick up with and, and do some more work on. But I think Tilda Swanton as Gabriel, great, great effort. But my peak performance, Paul, this is a favourite movie of mine, a movie I have maybe watched more times than I care to admit, especially based on the reviews, is The Beach. Like, I have watched this movie so many times absolutely loved it i think um tilda plays a, a fantastic villain in this film I, everything in this movie just works for me like it's quite it's quite long um you go on a bit of a journey but i don't is it the all saints music i don't know what it is but every time i watch this movie i i love it i i fall in love with the movie all over again and I think it, it is a real peak performance for tilda and i think it's just kind of like having this private kind of community that they're growing on this island and she she does kind of play this this villainous role it's it's a great one for me how about yourself absolutely fascinating dan uh absolutely fascinating because my honorable mention is for 2000s the beach and the, the first thing that i would be saying had you not said well, i'm still gonna say it, is this is not a movie that i actually enjoy that much i don't rate it that highly i wouldn't go looking for a rewatch of it um and i always think especially after the hype of titanic and all the expectation of leo's next big film and but the performance of tilda swinton in this in this movie is is really quite memorable and it's for me it's almost i don't know it's like borderline iconic or something because it's because i remember her character more than i do leo's in this movie, I, I, you know, she's crazy. She plays crazy really well in this, but it's, it is one of those movies that I look back on and think, oh, I probably wouldn't go there again, but there were some performances I enjoyed. So I was really fascinated to hear you bring it out as a movie you've rewatched many times. Cause I remember being so mega hyped after the trailer for this and the, you know, the idea of this beach off the coast of 
visit Thailand. Um, but it's it's one of your favorites, so I love that. No, even I'm not even sure how I feel about you talking about Leonardo DiCaprio in a negative way, talking about the movie in a negative way. I know the internet feels largely the same way, like it's got a 21% Rotten Tomato critic review. But uh, this is a this is a 90% movie for me, Paul. This is up there. I, I the the Danny Boyle factor is is really tempting as well in terms of the yeah maybe I need to give it a rewatch. Maybe it has been too long. And look, it is very rare opportunity to come in and say something negative about the performance of Leonardo DiCaprio, the greatest actor of our generation. Indeed. What's your uh, peak performance? Uh, peak performance for me is 2013's Snowpiercer. Um, and so this <laughs> this is another role that I, I think um, th- th- that she's made you know, borderline iconic. I think it's... Um, I mean, I'll never forget those teeth for starters. They're the most British teeth I've ever seen. And I lived in the UK for 25 years. The look, the characteristics, the accent, the manner in which she treats people and will tread on anyone, you know, to serve her precious, beloved Mr. Wilford. I remember I remember actually when we talked about the, the TV series Snowpiercer, that this was one of the roles that we sort of talked about would be the hardest to recast. It's a it's a, always a real highlight watching her in this role. Um, she reminds me of one of the mums from my daughter's school as well. Anyway, peak performance from me. It was funny. I did consider Snowpiercer, but I, I kind of have got a little bit. I've got the the movie a bit muddled with the TV show now, and I I couldn't quite place the sort of the differences. It's, see, that's that's a really good observation because I do too, in some respects, in terms of what happened in the story. But when I think about Mason, the character of Mason, mm-hmm. that is one of those things that always strongly okay so that happened in the movie that happened in the movie that because it is very very iconic but um yeah i i would strongly recommend anyone who's thinking of watching snowpiercer to go there because there's so much about that that movie that's that's great that you know could get you into the idea of the tv show too i look forward to our mailbag next week because there's as i say there's so many great Mm. filter movies i i look forward to a few more being surfaced correct well, Paul, that probably brings us to the end of another episode of the Half Measures podcast. does indeed. Thanks for listening in this week. Thanks for dropping us a rating and maybe even a review. I guess we'll find out. Um, get in touch with us. Let us know your peak performance for Tilda Swinton, as Dan said. If you've got a suggestion for us, one of our last of the year peak performances, let us know on our social media or halfmeasurespodcast.com. Also, a very special shout-out to our Patreon producers, Samara Whiting-King, Diana Kanawa, and Michael Chalmers. If you too would like to become a patron of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But if you can't become a Patreon, then feel free to leave us a review or just listen to the podcast and have a good old time. Until next week, everyone. Adios. Adios.